Hello friends and welcome to the first episode of the Poe Appreciation Project. I can't tell you how excited I am to finally be here with this and now to have the opportunity to share it with you. If you'll indulge me for a couple of minutes, I need to go on a quick monologue because I need to thank some people and then we'll get right into the first episode. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank you. From all the people I've talked to about what this is, I've received nothing but well-needed constructive criticism and support for it, and I can't tell you how much that means to me, given that this is something new. We're all going into this together, and we're getting better at creating this with every episode, but knowing that there is a community of people there who are interested in what this is and want to be a part of it, you know, not only makes me more dedicated to creating this type of content, but it makes it even more exciting for me to do it in the first place. Um, I'd like to thank Peyton Mills for donating this microphone to the show, or at least letting us borrow it. Um, it allowed us to have two microphones for a interview-style uh, podcast that's quote-unquote professional. Um, I'd like to thank Paris Thompson for helping me create the podcast song. I'd like to thank Jimmy Flies for donating this little nook of his house for me to set up my podcast stuff in. Um, I've had many great conversations here so far, and I look forward to having many more. And finally, I'd like to thank Alec Vaden for helping me with the audio on this show. I'm too dumb to edit that kind of stuff, so I desperately needed that. And he's acting in a capacity as a co-producer, and he helped out so much in the beginning stages of this uh, when we were coming up with ideas of what exactly to make this. Now, on that note, to me, personally, this is the creation of a community that seeks appreciation in other people. And for those people, it's an investigation of what makes us special, even in the most ordinary people. And I think it's a unique opportunity to really shine a light on those who you wouldn't otherwise really know of, but you know, because of their views and because of their accomplishments, I believe they really deserve a spotlight. Um, and with that being said, I thought no one better would be perfect for this first episode than Ian Wells, who is our first guest. Um, he's been a friend of mine for a really long time. He's one of those types of people that not only is incredibly smart, but you can tell that he's very genuine in the way that he presents himself and interacts with you. And he's one of the types, he's one of those people that I've had some of the best conversations with. And because of that, I thought it would be wonderful to have him on before he had to leave for college up in uh, Pullman, Washington. So without further delay, here is our first beautiful guest on the show, Ian Wells. Welcome to the Poe Appreciation Project. Today, I have a longtime friend of mine, Ian Wells, joining us in, and we are going to throw some appreciation and love and all that good stuff towards him today. I, I, I can feel the appreciation and all the love. My hope is that the good vibes are just <laughs> radiating from this mind directly into yours through like a fourth or fifth dimension or like 11 if you're talking string theory. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Anyway. Yes, very cool. <laughs> One place I'd love to jump very into cool is um, what you've been doing over the summer because honestly, I've been a little bit jealous of your job. You're getting paid big old money because you're up in Washington and they don't have a pathetic uh, minimum wage like we do and here in Idaho. <laughs> Um, but like, aside from the money, you're doing really cool projects. So I I'd love to hear some more about what they are. 
Yeah, so uh, this summer I've been working with the Hyperlab. Uh, I actually joined them uh, in the... I joined them in October, actually. It's been a while. Um, Time flies. Yeah. Uh, it's a research lab at Washington State. Go Cougs. Um, fuck you, Dub. Yeah, fuck you, Dub. You have to have your obligatory fuck you, Dub. Yep. Anytime, uh... <laughs> you, you, t- you taught me that a while ago when I came to visit uh, WSU. That was yep. a really fun experience, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. It's a small town, but I love Pullman. Anyway, back to... Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been working for Hyper. Um, and uh, this summer, I've been working on something called Schlieren Imaging. Um, basically, just trying to make it more accessible. Um, yeah, so Schlieren Imaging is a kind of photography optics uh thing that lets you see uh differences in air density um so you can actually see or uh it's actually the density gradient of the air um so you can see like air disturbances and air flows um one of my favorite uh things to photograph with it is like a lit lighter or even an unlit lighter and you can see the gas coming out of it Uh, i definitely recommend uh, looking into it and it's so cool to me because when you look at those images they're psychedelic in the type of colors they have yeah uh i've been working with color schlieren uh which uses a uh like classic film uh color filter so you get these really cool like psychedelic rainbows uh, and you get these really amazing images and you can claim it's for science oh yeah so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean you and i already both love photography but the fact you get to do it as a job is really cool yeah and the setup you have is insane um i remember going to your house and looking at it and uh you have a camera and then the light has to pass through the filter or a razor blade you said um how does that work it sounds a lot more complicated than it is um basically it kind of is. <laughs> you're just too smart for it <laughs> uh basically all you need is a uh camera that uh has some decent specs uh i just any dslr camera will do um and s- some non-dslrs work too you need a small uh spherical or parabolic mirror uh i literally just took the one out of my dad's telescope nice. <laughs> yeah and uh then you either need to mount a light so it bounces off the mirror and back into your camera um on a, another tripod or somehow fix it to your camera and then uh that light should pass through a filter um on the way yeah so i mean it, you basically just have one light source bouncing off of one mirror back into your camera um yeah I, I don't know it isn't uh super super intense uh most people can do it if they have a telescope lying around or you can get a, a mirror for less than 100 bucks on ebay uh Nice. I actually just got a new one. Uh, oh yeah, how how big is it? I saw a yeah. picture of it. Yeah, man, let me tell you. <laughs> how big is it? It's massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so lies uh, <laughs> deceit. <laughs> the one I was working with over the summer was uh, just four and a half inches. Um, so on my zoom lens, I had to zoom into two hundred millimeter uh, focal length. Um, so a lot of compensation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now, sixteen inches let me tell you but that's inhuman (laughs) (laughs) were you from germany (laughs) um but it's it's a really cool setup and i might put up a photo so people can see what it's like yeah for sure but i am i'm astounded by the type of technology that it is and for how simple it is it you get some really cool results yeah and i know that um you might not be able to say a whole bunch about it right now 
But this guy gets to work on potentially the Artemis mission. Yeah. Um, so NASA put out a uh, call to universities for uh, some help with a issue they're having with the Artemis mission. So uh, Piper's looking into uh, some different uh, ideas to help them out. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. And one of the things that I've always found interesting about you is you are one of the most unique mixes of creativity and hyper intelligence I have ever met. Was that a pun? It, <laughs> <laughs> you know that was unintentional. But let's go with it. Um, but it, it just astounds me that you've done so well in college and in high school. Like I remember you. Um, bragging about your uh, sat scores to everybody i i tried not to brag about it um what would you get you know i i feel like i shouldn't say here otherwise it'll feel like <laughs> bragging um i mean it doesn't really matter what you get on it um i got a decent score and it didn't end up helping me get any scholarships or anything so it's not like it really mattered but i did decent Woo! let's reaffirm the monopoly that college board has over our transition from high school into college because that's exactly what we need right now yay yeah (laughs) but anyway you are the most inspirational person i've met in terms of creativity because i remember there's a period for about two years or so i kind of gave up on photography like i was still interested but i just wasn't doing anything with it but you know seeing all the projects that people like you were doing it inspired me so uh, what is it to you that makes creativity such an essential part of who you are oh boy <clears throat> diving into the personal questions oh yeah no didn't expect that um, appreciation project whoa really no. um yeah I, I guess i feel like uh there's so much just like stuff out there like so many different people are making stuff whether it's uh music uh whether it's like media um from journalism to photography whatever it is um there's a lot of stuff out there and a lot of people get kind of stuck in this like consuming of it i i guess some people i feel like get stuck in the appreciation phase um i think what really matters is what where your appreciation takes you um for me that was creativity for other people it might like some people might uh, end up being just kind of stuck in that appreciation phase. Not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but um, I I feel like if something, if you really appreciate something and you're really, really inspired by it, uh, it'll motivate you to go do something, whether that's create more art inspired by it or like uh, some sort of action, whether it's like protesting or some sort of political movement. I I guess I find creativity so essential just because it's how I can put something back into the world. Um, And that's what I think it should do. You know, being creative, although you're giving art to the rest of the world or whoever ends up seeing it, it doesn't feel like you're giving something away. Mm -hmm. It, it, It energizes you. Yeah. Knowing that you're putting something out there that other people might enjoy. I mean, you've introduced me to a lot of the type of art forms that I really appreciate. Um, EDM music introduced me to that, and I, it's basically my favorite genre now. Not house. 
Not no, not house. <laughs> no, not house. The only place sorry house, to anger the internet. The the only place house <laughs> is allowed is on a Las Vegas tram at about one a.m. Uh, when you're trying not to throw up. Um, that, that's oh, about it. I remember my first protest that I ever went to was with you. You brought me to it. It was the I forgot his name, but it was that guy who was threatening. Um, yeah, fuck as you eat pie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that was pretty fun. And the Verizon that we were all standing outside of eventually went out of business. And I think they're a CrossFit center now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like uh, I, I guess there's a lot of things that uh, you can definitely do in uh, this world. And there's just like there's so much uh, that you can do to try and make an impact. Um I wish the net neutrality thing had made more of an impact, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of protests, though. It, it can be one of the most effective tools you have. Done peacefully, of course. But um, if not done in large enough numbers or for enough years, sometimes it takes decades, sometimes it takes, um, you're not going to get the results that you want out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, you see some of that going on right now. And... I don't really want to dig too far into that because I want to make this about you, <laughs> our guest for today. Oh, boy. Um, your doodles are one of the art forms you've taken on recently that I really appreciate. I mean, he made uh, this poster. We printed it off from a shop that he has ties to. And um, Center Art is actually by uh, a girl by the name of Abigail. Um, I'll put a link to her uh, account on Instagram in the description. Do you want to explain anything about it? Um, I don't know. I, I don't like explaining my art a whole ton. Um, no, like I, arts splaining. I, I feel like, uh, a lot of the time, uh, people try way too hard with their artist statements or like trying to explain their art. Um, especially if it just like came to them or like they just made it because they felt like it. Um, there always has to be, I, I feel like there's this just kind of like stigma Stigma might not be the right word, but just this expectation uh, that every piece of art needs to have some sort of meaning behind it. Um, I guess this piece, uh, it's just a bunch of random thoughts that I had um, over probably a few weeks. Um, and then I just kind of drew little shapes, add some uh, faces and... What do you know? And you see, ladies art. and gentlemen, that's how art is created. That's all it takes. Damn. Draw a Damn. little blob, add a little face. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> if I <laughs> if I ever have to write an artist statement, I just want to write that says a lot about society. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how, that that's the best you can say. It's so concise. You get exactly the point <laughs> you're trying to get across. And you appeal to the young generations because it's a meme. <laughs> Incredibly outdated, too. Uh, you mentioned uh, EDM music and how I kind of inspired you to get into some of that. Uh, music has definitely played a large role in my life. Uh, I don't know. I I love a lot of different types of music. Uh, not to be very stereotypical, but I'm going to be very stereotypical. I like all kinds of music except for country. Um, also and a Visco uh, girl. Yes, I'm also a Visco girl. Uh, <laughs> go check me out. Um, Opening up an old uh, OnlyFans. I was uh, just about to mention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, feet pics only. 
Um, oh no! <laughs> if you're lucky, you might get an elbow pick. Actually, I'm so, so I'm, well, I'm subscribed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's just there's so much good music out there. Um, I like to trash on country just because my brother really likes it. Um, but I like, think it's fun trashing on country. <laughs> I mean, just so often it. I mean, I know that a lot of genres are extremely derivative, but when I listen to country, like EDM, it, it, like EDM, <laughs> it, it really is. But when I listen to country, you know, there's only so many times my dog can die and my tractor can break, and you know the other stereotypical stuff. But you can really tell I have a rich understanding of the country genre. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just I, I like country rock. Like that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, there's definitely a lot of different. I guess with any genre, you're going to get some good artists and some bad artists. And I feel like country has been, or like country pop is definitely uh, sort of ruled by these artists that make very, very similar uh, songs. And I I think that's changed a little bit lately, Um, but for a long while, it was all kind of the same. I mean, the same thing happened with EDM, like... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Do, can't think of anything off the top of my head, but a lot of the chain smokers. There we go. Um, there you go. Every single one of their songs, or not every single one, but most of them have very similar chord cadences. Uh, they have very similar uh, song structure. Um, and they varied it a little bit recently, uh, but all of their songs that were massive hits sounded very, very similar. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, do you listen to music? while you're doing other forms of art oh absolutely um i feel like music is a great way to either uh get more zoned in or zoned out of something um (laughs) depending on uh, what it is and if you want to be more zoned in or zoned out um i mean like with studying and everything uh not to be stereotypical again but i'm going to be stereotypical again i love listening to lo-fi um uh when i'm doing art i love listening to uh it's mostly uh edm but it's uh it's like odessa flume uh zoo just all these artists that have really really uh either cohesive albums or interesting sounds um you know that they put a lot of work into it and they tried their best to make it good um and so it's almost like you can kind of not to sound like all voodoo-y but you can kind of channel their energy into uh your energy that you're putting out as art we're just vibing bro yeah we're just vibing so you do photography Mm -hmm. you draw yep what else do you do oh boy uh sit in my room and cry um (laughs) yeah i think we all Um. kind of are during this (laughs) pandemic uh buy oversized t-shirts um i was gonna mention that (laughs) make it happen i love that (laughs) it's one of the stupidest uh t-shirts that i uh yeah i I think i was just scrolling through instagram and uh i saw it and i was like you know what that's really stupid i want it um so i got it and (laughs) it it makes it better because it's like at least a size too big um yeah (laughs) so there's room for two is what you're saying i mean if you're into that oh no no not me no oh, oh okay. asking, asking for a friend yeah, of course for... <laughs> <laughs> nah um yeah i guess um 
I'm a mechanical engineering student at uh, WSU. Um, and you're originally chemical engineering, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going into chemical engineering. I love chemistry, so I thought, hey, chemistry, engineering, I might be kind of good at a combo of that, but I don't know. It uh, didn't end up working out. Just a lot of gas distillation, right? Yeah, um, I guess the program at WSU is really focused either on uh, like petroleum distillation uh, or uh, they actually have a fairly large bio kind of like biomedical uh, program uh, because the chemical engineering program is technically chemical engineering and biochemical engineering. Um, and I wasn't really going to go into the medical field and I didn't want to work for an oil company, so... Instead, I ended up uh, working for a hydrogen fuel co- uh, lab and uh, working on some of the same stuff. Make bank though. I I was talking to um, a coworker of mine, and he said that he had spent some time, uh, I think just a couple of months, working on one of the offshore oil rigs. Yeah, offshore oil rigs. Oil there rigs. We go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you make a lot of dough from that. Yeah. I mean, they work. Um, I think he said that he only worked for like eight months of the year, and he had a four month break. And even with that, he was making uh, triple digit or uh, six digits. Yeah, I mean, so it's called. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Great question. Um, yeah, I feel like, um, like if you want to make some money and you're pretty good at it, and uh, you're okay morally with working for an oil company, that's great. Um, personally, I don't really like. I mean, I think climate change is a big issue, and I don't think I could be okay with myself, uh, like, working for a company that's actively uh, accelerating that. Um, Hold hold, hold on. Not to brush over any issues. There's still um, (laughs) dissent on that issue. We're not sure it exists, right? Do you want me to leave? (laughs) No. Nah, it, it's I hard mean, it's hard to believe people still can't see any validity in that idea the well, fact that we are changing the climate it's so hard these days um it especially uh online it feels like people are becoming more and more polarized uh not to get too much into politics really people are getting really? polarized That's really an astounding revelation i mean in person it doesn't feel like it as much um except for at these huge rallies that honestly are probably a product of groupthink online. But, um, (laughs) I, I feel like, uh, it's hard when there's so many viewpoints out there that are obviously wrong, but we're also trying to progress and, uh, accept more viewpoints, accept, uh, more like how different people think. Um, it's definitely a tough problem. For sure. And as there's more, you know, as we come to accept or understand more people's uh, perspectives on any given issue, um, there's certainly going to be a lot of unnecessary uh, polarization mm-hmm. in them. And, you know, similarly, there's also going to be overlap that you can just kind of filter out. But um, I, I think it's something that we're going to struggle with, but, you know, ultimately we're going to overcome. To quote uh, a great political YouTuber uh, named Dreg, fellas, your dick is capable of genocide. (laughs) (laughs) Please go 
look that up. I <laughs> you need to see the context. <laughs> That's I don't want to explain the joke, but well then you ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You watched too much Eric Andre before this. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. <coughs> COVID no time. No COVID time. Rona. Another thing that I appreciate about you is you have been one of the people I found that is just as interested as I am in the idea of mindfulness and living in the moment. Based. But <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Rather, how do you how do you practice living the moment? Oh boy. Uh I guess first of all, I want to preface this by saying I'm really bad at it. Um <laughs> I'm I am too. I'm working on it. It's a work in progress as are most things. But um I guess I have been making an effort to uh do mindfulness meditation more. Um I I think a lot of uh People get very distracted these days um, for a variety of reasons. I don't want to harp on social media too much. Uh, it's kind of a product of our culture more than any one invention. Um, Big words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, living in the moment is something that we all need to do a little more. Um, and I guess I don't want to say all. Some people do it really well, but the majority of people, at least in America, need to work on it. I, there I, we go. I think it's a worldwide <laughs> thing. There's different perceptions people have of what enlightenment is um, and all that. But, you know, I, I think as long as you're getting close to what is personally going to fulfill you, yeah, you know, that's the best you can do. And even if you never make it there, you can still, you know, be on that journey towards it. Right. And I think that in itself is, to an extent, kind of the meaning that we create for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of going off of that, uh, some steps I've taken towards living in the moment more and just being, like, happier um, this quarantine, which has been hard. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, some steps are, uh, I guess, two major steps were to... Uh, limit my uh news consumption just because there's so much uh stuff going on right I, now I did that too. and uh the other thing is uh just kind of trying to be more accepting of myself um i mean everyone has insecurities whether they admit it or not um it's just about accepting that <laughs> those insecurities are a part of you uh you aren't going to be perfect and then you can work on fixing those um but hear me out yeah I get an F-350, <laughs> dual tires, I jack it up, mm -hmm. I put an American flag up the back, This is an cut my exhaust proposal. pipe, and route it through my bed, up through the top. <laughs> Does that compensate? Yes. Awesome. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to sell all this podcast equipment and go buy me a truck now. <laughs> yeah. Why would you do something that you really want to do when you can buy a truck? Exactly. Um, buy the pain away, people. Buy, buy more. <laughs> actually, please buy stuff right now if you can to get our economy back on track. <laughs> I actually just watched this really cool video. Um, I don't remember who made it. Um, 
but it's called Consumerism is Nihilism. It was really fucking good. Um, you have to send me a link to that. Yeah. For those who don't know, I, I know you know. Um, <laughs> nihilism is basically the belief that, hey, uh, we don't have a grander meaning in this universe. And then there's all sorts of subsects of nihilism. And uh, yeah, the video was talking about how basically America, as we have moved away from uh, religion um, in a large way, I'm not saying that, I don't want to tread on religion. Um, I don't think you know. But uh, as America as a whole, and the world as a whole really, um, has moved away from uh, traditional religion, uh, we have turned to buying things and more uh, materialism uh to find some sort of meaning um Great. in large part you could be an english major wow wow <laughs> <laughs> if i said um last <laughs> yes <laughs> so on the route of of nihilism i really come to appreciate the idea of optimistic nihilism mm. and i originally figured out what that was a while ago on uh Kyrgyzstat's um, YouTube channel. Did I say that right? Kyrgyzstat, I think. I don't know. We have a poster that we're going to put up eventually. Yeah. By him. So we'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) German animated uh, YouTuber bitch. I think he's German. The name sounds German. I'm pretty sure he is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Anyway, he's, it's a really great channel to look at. But um, with optimistic optimistic nihilism, uh, you surpass the pessimism uh, who would have thought mm. it's optimistic? Oh. So it's got to be opposite of pessimism, but um, you get to bypass uh, the dread of nothing and having no purpose. And you know, if you want to talk about deities, um, the the prospect that there could be no God and we're just a freak chance accident, and it, it looks at the prospect that you know we still get to make our own purpose. We get to decide who we are, and we get to enjoy our lives to the capacity that we wish to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that everyone is in a privileged enough position to be able to enjoy their life the way they would have wanted it. But that's the beautiful thing about optimistic nihilism. Regardless of the circumstance you're in, you know you can still do your best to make your own circumstances and your own mentality towards those circumstances something that will befit the happiness that you wish to have. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Maybe you're a masochist. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's got their own thing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of optimistic nihilism, um, but I don't know. I I never find much optimism in nihilism. uh, If I'm completely honest. It's it's a little bit counterintuitive. It it, it definitely takes some uh, wrangling up in the brain, um, but wrinkled brain. Yeah, wrinkle brain gang. Um, I I guess I prefer absurdism. Um, which is just like what's that? Um, I guess if you know the authors Albert Camus, um, and Franz Kafka. Um, I know Kafka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have admittedly very pessimistic takes on absurdism, but uh, I I guess the idea is the world we live in is just so absurd. Like, we drive boxes with wheels to get from one place to another in less time than it used to take us <laughs> to walk. Like, it, like, we can go that distance in barely a fraction of the time it used to take us. 
Um, oh, we are controlled the... by these little boxes in our pockets. Uh, we wear boxes on our faces. Some some of them are clear boxes so that we can see better. Like or some of them aren't because you're blind. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I guess the idea is just like we are living in this just extremely complicated world. Um, and you can either take a optimistic or a pessimistic view from there. Um, obviously Kafka is very pessimistic about it. Uh, but I, I prefer to take the optimistic approach, which is there's so much to see. There's so much to appreciate and it's just incredibly detailed, more detailed than I could ever hope to make more detailed than I could ever hope to even comprehend but I can sure as hell fucking try. <laughs> I like that. So let's uh, let's break this down further, and let's break you down. Oh, further. God. <laughs> so how about we divide this into optimism and pessimism? Oh, so boy. when it comes to your image of yourself, mm. let's take the optimistic route first. Oh, God. What is, <laughs> what is it about you that what are your self-affirmations what makes you so interesting and special of a person because i know you are you absolutely are but i want to hear from your perspective what do you think those things are what do i think makes me interesting um i think i'm willing to try new things even when it scares me um i think i am very driven to uh like prove myself i'm not sure that i feel like i've proven myself worthy of whatever the hell i feel like i need to prove myself worthy of we're not um, worthy. <laughs> um i guess i try to help people when i can um to a fault sometimes which i need to work on um <laughs> i am so generous and no, it, awesome okay. of a person no but it's about saying I no all right <laughs> it's about saying no because Stop. we have a limited time here uh we have limited resources um I, I mean mainly just focusing on time there's only so much you can do i guess energy too um like there's only so much you can do uh there's only so much time you have and saying yes to everything and trying to help everyone is exhausting and it doesn't work. And let's look at your uh, pessimistic viewpoint oh boy. of yourself. This part's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly reflecting on yourself. Oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it about yourself that you wish you could improve or that has always been bothersome for you? Oh boy, this is some like freudian psychoanalysis shit um, um except i'm never going to suggest that you have no oedipus or oedipus complex and you're not saying cocaine's a miracle drug no okay um <laughs> no, no no ketamine no <laughs> <laughs> um what am i pessimistic about myself oh boy um i feel like i try too hard sometimes um which ends up making me burn out a lot uh i feel like i'm pr fairly overweight i know uh the shirt doesn't show it very well as it's very large <laughs> oh, no, but um uh, go working out with I, you then yeah i need I, to get I, back I, on it anyway yeah <laughs> I don't but know. you're leaving for college i'm not gonna be able to we'll we'll uh zoom each other yeah I'm, I'm gonna try and take some workout equipment up uh just so i can stay active Good. um and 
for those who haven't been on uh, Pullman campus, it's built on a hill. So uh, that was a very bad hand gesture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but walking anywhere there is already an exercise in itself. Right. Um, and even though classes are all online, I'll be uh, working in the lab. So I'll be walking around. Uh, so that should help a little bit. Um, self something. Pity? No. Uh, <laughs> Awareness? No. Love? Sure. That fits, that fits probably. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> close. Um, <laughs> yeah. Confidence. Self-confidence. There you go. Yeah. Um, I guess one of my other downfalls is I feel like I have an ego problem. Uh, which always, really? yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, not which, sarcastically. No, but time. yeah, uh, which really contrasts with some of the other things. Uh, like I feel sometimes like I'm not good enough, um, but then other times I'm like, oh, that's very narcissistic of you to think that way. Um, oh, you try to be the center of attention in these things. Oh, you're working so hard or you're doing all this stuff because uh, you want everything to be about you. Um, I feel that there yeah. is... I forgot exactly where I heard this from. Um, it it might have been an interview on uh, Duncan Trussell, Family Matters, which I really love that show. But um, they were talking about how every person has just this sick side of themselves. And that sickness in you doesn't want to go away. It doesn't mm -hmm. want to change. It's been ingrained in you since, you know, whoever knows how long, whether it was a trauma or your um, raising or whatever your unique situation may be and it just doesn't want to let go it, it right. wants to hold on and keep you from really practicing self-love and self-appreciation mm -hmm. so it's situations like that where i mean there definitely is a time and a place where you're just being kind of an egocentric ass yep <laughs> but but there's also times where you know you should give yourself a pat on the back you should tell yourself that you're freaking amazing because you absolutely are <laughs> if the type of things that other people would say to you are things that you should also be able to say to yourself the good the bad and the ugly mm -hmm. but this just twisted part of ourselves doesn't want to acknowledge the good it just want it, it's part of this negative bias that humans innately just seem to have for everything and for all I know, it might be kind of a survival tactic. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely if, you know, you think that everything's going to go perfectly and you're 100% uh, optimist, <laughs> you're probably going to die. Natural selection and you know, Darwin's going to come give you a visit. Yep. But, <laughs> but, you know, we've gotten to a point where our way of survival has completely changed and we don't need to be worried about getting picked off by a massive golden eagle with a mm -hmm. wingspan of like 12 feet. Like <laughs> and thrown off a cliff, we we live in a different societal structure where we should be able to give more thought and more time to our self affirmations, but we just can't seem to break out of that, and thus fear mongering and self pity and just this total lack of any appreciation for what we have. Um, can really easily take over mm -hmm. if you don't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, I guess I feel pretty fortunate on that front in that I really, I, I guess part of my personality is I really like to make things better or I like to do stuff. Um, I really hate 
uh, not doing stuff. So I try to, like, I I try to identify some of those things I feel like I'm uh, not so great on, or I try to identify when I'm, like, being too harsh on myself, to not harsh on myself. Um, I I do my best to try and fix that. Um, I I know not everyone uh, has that luxury (laughs) necessarily, (laughs) but I, I guess like working on myself is something I've really got into in the last couple of years. And it's really helped me through some of that. Um, I'm not out of, <laughs> by no means am I uh, out of all of it yet, but I'm working on it. It's all a process. That, that's another thing. I'm really glad you said that because you're the person who introduced me to that phrase as mm-hmm. a process. And there's been so many times hearing that, that, you know, it's just been one of those simple things that reminds you that, you know, it's going to pander out some way or another. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with just creating this podcast, um, I wasn't necessarily anticipating um, being able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that you said was it's all just a process mm-hmm. and it's just one little piece at a time that you got to do. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the uh, things I've learned a lot from art and being creative and just putting stuff out there is when you put shit out there a lot of it is shit like it's all right to make shit but every once in a while there's something good and if you just keep either putting stuff out there or making stuff you will eventually arrive at something good and then you have something that you can work from and then the process continues from there and you refine that and you make it better and you expand upon it and you make more and more shit, but then you keep refining it. And, and then, you know, eventually your expectation or, or that silver lining of what is shit or what is good keeps raising as you naturally get better mm-hmm. and you just progressively learn how to perfect your craft. Yeah. And it feels horrible. <laughs> to not produce anything that you value. Yeah. It, you feel like shit when you produce shit. Yep. But, you know, it's just one of those things that you have to let go and just accept that, you know, I can put this out there and I'm going to get better as long as I keep my mind at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the hardest thing is to not put a value judgment on something that you've made because you're the one that spent the most time with it and no one else is going to spend that much time with it. So like you are not a good judge of it. Um, I guess, or a good judge of how other people will see it. Like your standards are going to be likely the like craziest, just outlandish high standards. And for all, you know, like there could be, uh, for instance, in this podcast, there could be some parts where you ramble or I ramble or something happens or that will be frequent. Yes. Or there's like popping or hissing or something. And you spend so much time trying to get it out and no one else would have noticed with anything. It's hard to realize like when you should just put it out and when you should like continue working on it. It's definitely a balance. Um, but yeah. Well, I think what you're saying also is directly what what's thought there. Uh, <laughs> I, I think what you're saying is exactly what comes into play with self-efficacy. Because you can't leave yourself 
you're stuck with yourself the entire time, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And your perception of what other people think of you and how they perceive you has no validity mm -hmm. because you have never loved yourself. You, you cannot perceive yourself in a shorter time period and get that first impression of you because you had that first impression of yourself before you could even remember anything. Mm -hmm. it, it's one of those things where if we learn to step back and just appreciate ourselves from the shoes of someone else who might be neither optimistic nor pessimistic, we can get an honest image of ourselves. But you can't leave yourself. I wish we could. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's why people get so into psychedelics. It helps you perceive things in a new way. See, I'm going to take, I'm, I guess I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, I guess I feel like some people almost do leave themselves. It, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but some people almost kind of like astral project. Um, they watch themselves or they feel like they're kind of retreated. I've um, heard some horror stories about that. I, I have felt that a long time uh luckily not recently um <laughs> good but i i have felt that way on and off for a long time and i can i can tell you it's terrible because i would much rather experience all of it even experience like all the shit that i put myself through rather than experience none of it and just feel nothing because that is fucking scary yeah just in general with as you go through life, you don't want to live on this mid ground of the hedonic treadmill yeah. and just feel okay most yeah. of the time. Get home and be and have someone ask you how you're doing and just say, eh, I'm okay. Yeah. Like that's not how you want to feel all the time. Generally speaking, that's what you want to avoid. Mm -hmm. And sadness hurts and no one likes to be rejected or fired or I mean, especially with what's going on in the world right now, or especially in America, mm. you know, people are going through a lot of struggle. But I feel that as horrible as things can get, it makes the highs even higher. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I guess the hedonic treadmill, that's the uh, thing where basically it's like everyone has a, like, average, I remember, everyone has an average, uh, like, baseline emotion right okay some um, are higher than others some yeah. people are different i guess what i've found helps uh me kind of break out of that um and help it vary a little more i guess from being just a flat line for half the year uh going to class going to work whatever um is just novelty that's the word um just either new environments, talking to new people, or trying something new, just anything novel can really help me break out of something like that. And that's part of the reason that I approached this podcast idea. This is the first episode, and thank you all for listening in. Uh, this was an adventure that we are taking together to find the appreciation in ourselves and in other people and in the art they do or the sports they do or whatever they do, but it's also to remember that there is a distinction between who you are and who you do, if you want to phrase it that way. Mm. <laughs> Great grammar right there. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's important to see the value in both 
what we are and what we identify as and who we are as distinct individuals. And then it's also good to appreciate what we do, like create art or join me on a podcast episode, which I'm very, very <laughs> happy that you did. And it's been an honor to have you as the first guest. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the honor. Um, I don't know. Should I have some parting words or something? Uh, if you want to. All right. Love yourself. Love other people. And uh, fuck bitches make money. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you. I hope that you love you. And you are beautiful. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Oh no, the file got deleted! Oh.